opening crawl. A long time ago, three friends talked about recording a show, a podcast in which they could feel truly free to discuss tons of nerdy stuff passionately, like dragons, time travel, robots, and clones, mutants, time travel, board games, and thrones, aliens, wizards, time travel, zombies, zombies that time travel? You betcha, Dobby. Comic-Con, steampunk, parallel worlds, Mega Man, Hearthstone, but no sports or girls. So red pill or blue pill, now that you know, we'd like to welcome you to the Cast Springer Show. Introducing your hosts, Pat Talk Dars Singer, Chris Talk Torin Singer, and Randy Arboron Bartok. Zephyr. Castbringer. Hello, all right, and welcome to Castbringers. Randy, Chris, how's it going, guys? Good, it's going great. How are you guys doing? I am doing well. Thanks for asking. Awesome. Love it. So, uh, guys, just want to know, what are you guys nerding out on right now? First, first off, can we point out, we are now naming our episodes. This is episode four, Shadow of the Microphone. In honor of Shadow of Motor? Motor? Shadow of the Sith. Oh, okay. Shadow, the Klingon, Shadow of the Klingon Warbirds. Lots of, lots of meaning. There's speaking shadows. Of, Chris, speaking of Klingon, I don't know if you guys noticed the names uh, this week. Oh, I noticed. That's why oh. I dropped it for you. Way to pick up on that little... Uh, Meatball I put out for you. You got the accent, my guttural accent. <laughs> Why didn't you then just make like a, a like a Klingon name for the episode? I didn't. I, well, I named the episode like last Thursday. <laughs> oh, okay. it, it just yeah, post production. Yeah, it's we'll fix it in post. Yeah. Fix them post. Hey, easy, easy answer. Mm-hmm. Listen, this is the beta version of naming the episodes. All right. <laughs> yeah. We don't go live until the next episode. Yeah. But now that we're live, we're not live. We've been over this. It's like Star Wars. We're going to name episode four, five, and six, and then go back and name one, two, and three. So I think that's that'll work. We just have to name episode seven on episode seven, though. Is that how that works? Yeah, I think so. I think that's how that works. Perfect. Yeah. Great. Glad we figured this all out. All right, guys, what are you uh, what are you nerding out on right now? What are you into? So I'll start. Uh, honestly, we've uh, been watching the show Letter Kenny on Hulu at night. It's been around for a while. Um, it comes out in about six to eight episodes per season, half hour episodes, and the show is hilarious. It's about uh, this small town in Canada and just the the hijinks that the different groups of 20 somethings get into. And it's well worth a watch. A lot of cursing, a lot of uh, adult themes and topics of discussion, but very, very, very funny. I highly, highly recommend watching it. We've been watching it two, two to three episodes a night. I've heard, uh, heard good things about it. I've heard it's again, pretty funny. And Chris, with a recommendation from you, I, I'll definitely be giving it a watch. I'll check you should. So no judgment zone, but I've actually heard bad things about it um, from one particular listener. Shout out to uh, Rob. Um, heard that it... <laughs> Go ahead, Chris. Listen, Rob and I have a tendency to disagree on funny things. We agree on a lot of sci-fi, but Rob, figure it out. Bitter patter. Let's get at her. Letter Kenny. 
I, wa- I saw a trailer for it on Hulu, but never got into it. So that's my plan. I'm going to try and watch it. Nice. Speaking of that, Randy, what, what have you been up to, man? What are you into? So big news in my life. Got the PS5 last weekend. Um, and uh, don't want to be a downer this episode, but it sucks. Uh, having a lot of trouble getting the games going on. it. I don't know about you, Pat. I know you have a PS5. Um, so I've been trying to play Cold War this week every night. And almost every night there's some type of problem. Either I can't join the group that I'm trying to play with. I can't hear them. Um, game crashes. So I'm trying to look into it. I know back in December it was having a lot of issues with Cold War. So I'm hoping it's just the game. Um, besides that, the graphics are awesome. Uh, the controller is by far one of the coolest things I've ever ever yeah. played with uh it's got the haptic feedback in the triggers so like for example in cold war the left trigger has a lot slower resistance when you push pull it in um and then because it's when you're aiming it's supposed to feel like you're kind of aiming a gun and then the right trigger has like a little click on it um to make it feel like you're shooting the gun but that's just for that game so when it's not in that game it's like normal so it's really cool and then the vibration in it is cool so i think that's the biggest plus so far the ps5 but yeah it's been it's been awesome obviously a little frustrated with some of the issues but overall loving it yeah the i agree the controller on it is great it's maybe the best one of the best just general video game controllers i think i've ever like used um I yeah, agree. I that was the best controller ever for yeah, all of video yeah. games it, it's got a great feel good weight to it, it yeah everything you said with the haptic and the adaptive triggers and stuff yeah it's really cool and my, fa- my favorite part is uh, I don't have to plug headphones into it because the speaker's right on it, which scared the crap out of me when people started talking out of it because I haven't had that before. And that was awesome. So now I'm playing with just voices coming right out of it, and it's great. I've also heard the, uh, um, what is it, the headphones that they, that is like special, specially made for the PS5 are really good. It's got like 3D sound. Yeah. So it, the sound in it's really, really high quality and it gives you some like kind of more like you can tell where's what direction things are coming from just from like the headphone, which is which is kind of cool. That's that's probably one of the next accessories I want to get for it. Yeah. And I it doubles uh, as like a headset. So you can there's a microphone and stuff so you can talk. Yeah, I read the same thing, the 3D pulse, I think it's called, and it's supposed to be awesome. So yeah, same thing. I'm gonna that'll be the next purchase. Yeah, but have you guys gotten Google Stadia? <laughs> um, no, 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 no one's joining me on that. Almost with the cyberpunk, uh, but no, decided to pass on that one. Future episode, we'll yeah. discuss this. Well, actually, speaking of cyberpunk, that's one that I've been into recently. They just launched uh, the new patch, which seems to have seems to have fixed a lot of the issues with the game, at least for the PS5 that I'm playing it on. And, I mean, it is the PS4 version on the PS5. Um, it, it, yeah, the game's running a lot smoother. So I was experiencing a lot of crashes with it for the first like four or five sessions that I had it. And that was with patch like 1.05 and 1.06. Now that this one's out, and even actually even a little bit before that, it's been pretty stable. And I've been able to kind of sink my teeth into it a little bit more, which has been fun. Because um, it is, it's a good game. It's just getting past all the bugs and stuff that have been uh, plaguing it, which is a real bummer. Because underneath that, I think there is a real quality game there. And it shows, I think, in a lot of the ratings, like the PC ratings of the games for a lot of the critics are like between like an 8 and a 10. And then though like the console versions are ranked like a four or a five. So with again, solely due to just like, you know, the fact that you can't play the game because it crashes every five minutes. 
Yeah, one um, I had Cyberpunk took it back to Target just because it was it was not working for me. But that did remind me, Pat. One of the coolest parts about the PS5 is it comes with the. Uh, I asked you if you had a Pat, and you did. It was the game. What was it called? Is like a whole package of games. Um, yeah, it's like the PlayStation Plus. Uh, PS4 package or like something like that. It came with like what 20 games, and they're all like not all of them, but a lot of them are super popular and they're all free. So that that alone was awesome. There's like God of War, which I've never played and I really wanted to play, and some really good ones. So, yeah, basically, it was a lot of the like really uh, popular big launches for the PS4 Mm -hmm. debuts on the PS5. Um, And there's a good mix too. Like, there's a couple of like they have the Crash Bandicoot Mm -hmm. trilogy. Uh, Ratchet and Clank for some of like the more kid-friendly games all the way up to like uh, I think like you said God of War and um, Last of Us I think is another one out yep. there that's cool. Days Gone which I haven't played I want to yeah. try out so I, mean, I have that downloaded I haven't played it yet mm-hmm. nice all right sounds like we've all been into some uh, some good stuff be it you know watching things on Hulu Letter Kenny diving into PS5 oh the other thing too that I did I just finished Cobra Kai uh, it was awesome it was it's like this just i wasn't expecting it to be that good and just this kind of trashy corny drama show with kung fu really good really enjoyed it highly recommend it my coworkers are swearing by that show like they're all loving it and they're not huge tv people even like they, we don't talk about shows a lot at work but they just cannot it's the guy that you got to watch tenant does he like cobra kai he hasn't watched it yet <laughs> I'm wondering who's going to do it first, him or Pat. So. Speaking, speaking of, uh, have we watched Tenant yet? Everyone's second. favorite game has Pat watched Tenant. Tenet. Guys, I haven't. I haven't watched it. Came, <laughs> oh, I came really close. I was home from work on Wednesday. I had to take care of my son. And I had like a stretch of time in there where I could have watched it. I thought about, like, Ooh, maybe I should, you know, dive into it and turn it on. And then I did. Like I knew, I knew you didn't. Yet in that moment just now, when you said "guys" and you had the smile on your face, I was like, "Oh, maybe he did." Even wait, I knew wait, for maybe he watched it backwards. Yeah, which is <laughs> forwards. <laughs> so next week, Pat, right? Yeah. Right. Well, at this point now, too, I'm wondering: Do can I even ever watch it? This is probably <laughs> the most popular segment on our show. I watch it straight out the window. <laughs> I bet Randy and I each watch it twice again before you watch it once. If I had it, I would definitely have watched it again already. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Perfect. All right. Let's dive into the multi-strike. For our new listeners out there, the multi-strike is a little segment we do. We've each brought an article to the group to kind of just give a quick uh, – quick little conversation about what's going on in the news that we brought so who would like to go first chris why don't you give us your article oh here we go so my article polygon reporting this week polygon.com that the uh diablo 2 is getting a remake um but it is not necessarily coming from blizzard it is coming from a different studio uh, because of the uh, difficulties that the Warcraft 3 Reforged came out with, Activision and Blizzard have decided to outsource the the uh, Diablo 2 remake to, I think, Vicarious Visions um, is the studio that will be behind it. 
so a couple of reasons I picked this article. Number one, Diablo 2 is an amazing game. The best of the Diablo franchise thus far until Diablo Immortal comes out. I'm excited for that. I don't care what the haters say. Um, and then Diablo 4 would come out hopefully soon after that. But Diablo 2 is really what put it on the map. And I think what really solidified Blizzard as a, as a gaming studio uh, back then. And then obviously World of Warcraft came out and that really solidified them. Um, but the other reason I picked this is one of the other huge updates that came out uh, within the past couple of weeks from Blizzard is that they have updated their battle.net, which is like the entrance hub for all of their games. And with BlizzCon coming up, you're hearing it here first, folks. I'm making the prediction with these updates, Blizzard will be launching their own cloud gaming service, announcing it at BlizzCon Online in February. There it is. I'm going out on a limb. Tristradamus here predicting, mm -hmm. predicting a cloud gaming service from Blizzard. You heard it here first, folks. Heard it here first. Love it. All right. Would you yeah, I mean, would you join that service, Chris? Would you in a heartbeat? Yeah. I mean, I would be interested in something like that. I, I'm a big fan of a lot of the Blizzard games. Um, and yeah, making it really easy to, to play all of them on the cloud. Like if, it, if it gives you a World of Warcraft per subscription, you get access to all of the Diablo games. You get access to Overwatch. Um, you get access to the old Warcraft games, the originals, and StarCraft. Totally worth it. Yeah. I, uh, I, I read your article too, Chris. I found um, one of the interesting kind of like underlying themes that I had there was was really alluding to kind of the push out of Team One at Blizzard. Yes. By Activision. Like the, it, and Activision I, taking a, a bigger role and the Blizzard staff kind of getting pushed to the side. Yeah, just like some interesting business dynamics. Of, so, and what was it like maybe six or seven years ago? Activision, Activision and Blizzard merged, um, but they kind of left Blizzard alone to do their own mm -hmm. thing. They merged, but they didn't merge because yeah. they didn't. They just said, "Hey, let's share money," but that's about it. They didn't like share staff or anything really. They still kept their own studios, but slowly, Activision has been pushing itself more and more into the Blizzard um, offices and workings and everything. Like, you can see this too when you load up uh, like Blizzard that Battle.net. Call of Duty is huge on it, and that's not a Blizzard game. That's an Activision game. And likewise with Destiny, that was another one that they yep. think was going on there. And, and same thing, right? Destiny's an Activision game. Uh, Blizzard had really nothing to do with it, but they're promoting it on the on their uh, launcher service. So no, again, no judgment zone. I've never played Diablo, um, but I have heard like phenomenal things about it. Is it mm -hmm. an RPG, action RPG? Action RPG. Isometric action RPG. Really good. Okay. And is, is it just the story is just awesome or the play and ev everything essentially together? I, I would say just everything. Yeah. The, the gameplay, the progression system, um, you know, your different skills and stuff that you mm -hmm. everybody, everybody who's really kind of dove into the game has, I think, I like, it's one of those games that just nobody has a bad thing to say about it. Yeah. yeah the, especially with Diablo 2, they really hit the line of wanting you to keep playing to get gear upgrades. Like, that's the whole point of the game. You go and kill monsters and you get 
uh, you know, a sword that's two points better, or you get armor that's a couple points better, you know, and they really hit that whatever formula they're using to like calculate what the next step is to keep you going. They really, you know, knock that part out of the park and they, they suck you into just, you know, they let me run one more dungeon just to see if I can get this next drop. Oh yeah, I got it. All right, let's keep going. And, and it's, that's other games who've tried to copy it. Do not get that. They, they either you're getting too much thrown at you in the way your loot falls or you're getting, it's not, enough to keep you wanting to play so i think that's one of the strengths of diablo is that it it's addicting if, if you consider that a strength <laughs> yes yep. in our world it is mm-hmm. there you go <laughs> maybe we'll talk a little bit about that later i don't know <laughs> gotcha call it ease in the business guys <laughs> foreshadow <laughs> all right randy what did you bring for us today so my article's quick and short, talking about Indiana Jones 5. Um, just uh, came out, the director's going to be James Mangold, if you didn't know that already. And uh, he his one of his more recent things, he did uh, Logan, correct? Um, the Wolverine movie, I think. And did he do Baby Driver? No, that was somebody else, I think. But anyways, um, so he's doing it right now. And so there was a... He tweeted that he doesn't, what was the tweet? Something about he doesn't listen to the music or something right now because it reminds him of New York City. And New York City is where all of the movies he's working on right now are taking place. So internet blew up. And by internet, I mean everybody who pays attention to Indiana Jones on the internet got really excited because it sounds like the new one, number five, is going to take place in New York City, and I heard that it's going to take place in the 1960s. So they're going forward in years. It's never been in New York City. So that was pretty exciting. Um, I'm, I'm pumped for it. Even after Legend of the Crystal Skull? So I, I don't think I might have talked about it on here. I love Indiana Jones. It's my favorite movie as a kid. I love Indiana Jones so much that I actually liked Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. That's how much I love Indiana Jones. But I will say this, Last Crusade, I would say perfect movie. About as perfect as a movie as anyone could make. I agree. From beginning to end. So I think they should have ended it there, even though I want more Indiana Jones. The last scene riding off in the sunset was just, beautiful with his dad yep things are cracking jokes busting his chops about being named named the dog dog (laughs) yeah the dynamic in that movie of of sean connery and harrison ford like it is you you said it randy it's perfect it's just spot on so yeah it it brings such a i don't want to say different because i think it it was present in some of the other movies but it's just like that just kind of like lightheartedness but while still being really serious and kind of like getting after like it still has the adventure but it's yeah. it's suspenseful but like a but safe fun. suspenseful it, yeah. it's weird it's fun. i was thinking about this because i knew we we're going to talk about this today the other night and i'm and i just spent probably half an hour just thinking about okay so indiana jones is an action adventure movie and those are my favorite type. Cause I think there's like a little comedy in there. I'm not a huge action movie fan. Like I would say like Steven Seagal, Van Damme, those are more action movies, but like this diehards diehards. Yeah. Um, this is just like, it's fun. The adventure part is fun. And I love mm-hmm. it. 
obviously kingdom of the crystal skull had some of some issues with it um aliens and nuke in the fridge was another one uh but i think maybe making mistakes on that one will hopefully make five good and i it's got to be harrison ford's last i don't know how much longer it's said it, the article said it was it was going to be his do last you think desired legend of the crystal skull or kingdom whatever it was the crystal skull was kingdom supposed to pass the torch from harrison ford to was shia, shia labeouf, shia LaBeouf. That didn't work out so well for any. No, <laughs> it didn't work out for a lot of parties involved. And so, do you think this one will actually pass the torch? They're James saying, McAvoy. They're saying Chris Pratt was the was what everybody wanted, and Harrison Ford came out and said, "I do not want anybody else playing Indiana Jones." So, oh. if they pass the torch, it just might be another character. Do you think it's in New York City because he's got a, a child in New York? I mean, that's you know, another Tina child. Jones, he, he, you know, met some ladies in his day. Oh, he met a lot. Yes, definitely. Including a Nazi lady that he fell in love with, which I didn't pick up on as a kid. And which as an adult, his I'm father like, also fell in love with. <laughs> wink, wink. Am I rooting for him or not? I can't tell. Elsa. Okay. That's enough. So, uh, so I have, it's funny that you bring up Indiana Jones too. Just uh, me and my wife were talking about it the other day more about which scene traumatized us more as children and it's the the death scene in raiders of the lost art where the things flying around like melting everybody face melter or in last crusade where the guy drinks the wrong chalice and rapidly ages and dies that traumatized me yes. so much as a child that like th- there was a stretch of like two years where I like couldn't even watch uh, <laughs> because I was so scared of that. I remember one. that growing up, you refused to drink out of any golden goblet that had <laughs> gems encrusted in it. You were like, no, that I'm oh. not choosing poorly. <laughs> you see what happens when you drink out of that? You just melt or rapidly age your hair. We weren't allowed to have any golden jewel encrusted goblets in our home. It was really hard. <laughs> just all wood. Everything was made yeah. of wood. No, uh, all cups from Carpenter's Sons. Pat, I love you're saying this because same thing. I don't think I've talked to anybody about this ever since I was like eight years old. Or I'm going to throw a third one in there. The guy who rips out the guy's heart in Temple <laughs> of Doom. Also, which was my favorite movie as a kid. That was mine. Scared that was mine. the correct, right? So as a yes. kid, I think Temple of Doom I loved. And then as I got older, I'm like, well, Last Crusade, hey? obviously. But oh. that movie scared the crap out of me. Well, I, they're, they're, I remember watching it with, with my parents and like they show him rip the heart out or whatever and then he's back on the bridge later trying to do it to indiana i'm like mom he can't rip indiana's heart out <laughs> first of all he didn't say the prayer right because he had to do the whole temple and then i'm like you can't do it oh my god mom, first of all, why are you watching this <laughs> well, when they, why... eat the mon- they eat the monkey brain oh yeah that part was awesome. That's why you guys couldn't rip each other's hearts out when you were younger either. That's right. right. It all you weren't allowed to rip each other's sense. hearts out either. No ripping on each other's so hearts. So many rules in the singer household. So, going on. Rules. so I don't know why that scene never really bothered me, but I also don't think I watched Temple of Doom nearly as much as the other two mm-hmm. because he wasn't fighting Nazis. I think it's about the age because the age that I would have seen the heart ripping out was about the same age you would have seen him choosing the cup yeah makes sense and which probably would have been about the age yeah you guys probably would have seen that one about the same so that probably is like when you're first getting exposed to crazy stuff in movies because i also remember the opening scene of ghostbusters in the library freaked me out and i couldn't watch ghostbusters for two years 
with the librarian was it that scene? yes where she yeah. turns into this crazy because i watched that when i was like six years old and started crying <laughs> and then what? my mom sent me to my room and she watched it on her own <laughs> other point i would have been about the same age of seeing the last crusade when my when our parents were watching the original terminator and i watched it and just watch arnold schwarzenegger punch through a guy <laughs> the first five minutes of the movie just yeah. and covered in blood with it sticking through the man's torso and i just remember being like well that's not great but this movie's really cool that's and, but that's different type of like that that's not you're not witnessing him melt and fall to pieces <laughs> and turn to ash oh yeah that's that was just, just a quick hand through the chest i mean we were allowed to punch each other through the chest as long as your heart <laughs> didn't come with it See, yeah, that, you have to miss the heart. That's the yeah. See, the other one was Roger Rabbit at the end of Roger Rabbit, where he melted. Yeah. That that was very similar to that too. The melting. Well, and he had the high shrieky voice. Yes. <laughs> the, the, the just, yeah. eye, for eyes and stuff like that was yeah that was he was just a freaky character. See, guys, none of that scared me as a kid because my cousins, when I was about eight, told me, "Oh, Poltergeist isn't scary. You and your sister can watch it." And that <laughs> thing ruined me for life i'm still scared to look in the mirror sometimes I, <laughs> you still refuse to watch white fuzz on TV white fuzz white on noise. the tv not when i obviously years later i look back i'm like oh i understand what she was saying she was like 16 at the time yet yeah, it's not scary to a 16 year old it's <laughs> completely frightening to a little kid so all right a little tangent there pat but probably uh go to your article now if you want right oh yeah, good well i mean this this bought me some time because we needed to talk about a lot of the things going on at the time of this recording. Uh, there's some things going on with GameStop and the GameStop stock. So that was what my article was about was really just kind of summarizing all the stuff going on with this. Um, I am going to do my best to talk about what is happening with it. Guys, if you have any other information. So let's start. What does it have to do with nerdery? Well, the nerdery part is just that, a bunch of people on Reddit kind of randomly, not randomly, but they picked this stock and it's GameStop, you know, one of our beloved video game retailers that's really going under. Which um, is probably why they picked it. Oh yeah, that's definitely why they picked it. But, and also too, this article does talk about how some of the people on Reddit wanted to pick this because for that very reason, like it's a cherished childhood, mm. you know, I mean, the nostalgia piece of kind of wanting to save this business, so to speak. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to do my best to try to summarize the, like business stuff that's going on. I'm not an expert in this at all. So if I mess something up, I apologize. And guys, if you have any uh, more information than what I'm saying, please jump in. Um, but so basically, uh, a couple of big hedge funds were, were performing a, a short sell of GameStop stock. Um, and with a short sell, basically they are taking, you know, hedge funds kind of deal in other people's money and other people's stocks. So they're taking the stocks from other people to sell. And then once the price would drop, they would rebuy the stock and give it back. And so the hedge fund makes money off of the difference in price there. Um, so with the short selling going on, a bunch of uh, people on Reddit, I believe it was the subreddit. Um, Wall, Wall Street Bets. Wall Street Bets, that's it. Um, they kind of banded together and, were, and a bunch of people found an opportunity to make some money. So they started buying, once they saw the stock prices drop, indicating a uh, short sell. They were they started buying it up and creating what's called a short squeeze, um, you know, which kind of sends the sends the hedge funds into a little bit of a panic because now they have the potential to lose some money because they don't have the stocks that they've sold to give back to the people that have them. 
so they have to rebuy them quick and that kind of shoots the price up. So um, and really resulted with, in this particular case, you know, sent the stock prices through the roof and, and really caused a lot of these big hedge funds to lose a bunch of money. Um, one of the newest developments that was kind of going on today uh, is some various trading apps, um, Robinhood, uh, I think, no, not Acorns, but some of the other kind of more public trading apps were uh, banning uh, individual people from being able to buy buy up GameStop or some of the other stocks that are being affected by this kind of practice. I believe Nokia is one, uh, BlackBerry. Um, and so really just kind of creating like an unfair playing field because the hedge funds are still free to buy and sell these stocks, but any kind of normal person who wants to partake in the stock market really hasn't been allowed to. Um, so it got to the point where even like Congress people are, are you know, speaking out and saying, hey, like this isn't right. You know, we want people to kind of have a fair and equal playing field, especially in our economy. Um, so really just kind of, it's, it's kind of crazy just all this stuff happening and revolving around GameStop. GameStop. A company that is is more or less, uh, you know, you have your own opinions on it, but it's really kind of an antiquated. Hey, Pat, I got a question about, about this for you. Yeah. Seeing as how it involves GameStop. Did you ever get your uh, reservation for Mario Sonic Olympics that you paid $15 <laughs> for? Uh, first of all, I paid $5 for the reservation. Okay. Mario, Did you ever go back and pick it up? Mario and Sonic at the Olympics, I believe it was 07, <laughs> maybe 08. Was it for the Wii? Right? Was it for the Wii? Pat, I yeah, have yeah. one. Yeah, it, was, yeah, it was for the Wii. That's right, yeah. <laughs> well, Chris, uh, I didn't go back and pick it up because I don't believe that GameStop exists anymore. You, you caused this. You created that $5 is what put the stock over the edge can't believe you shorted GameStop like that. Hey, good news. I I have that game. Uh, if you want it, I will let you borrow it. Um, but not not own it. You can borrow it, and then I will buy it back from you as soon as it's worth less money. Is that how this works? <laughs> I would sell it first. If you would give it to me, I would sell it. And then when you ask for it back, I would buy it, but at a cheaper price. Yeah, and then you'd keep the, the difference. But we'd all lose out because it's not a great game. (laughs) I was so excited. It was 2007 for the Wii. I was so excited. I was like, Mario and Sonic in the same game. This is insane. This was like one of the first times ever. I think I played it for like 20 minutes. I'm like, all right, I'm done. You tried like the, was it Winter Olympics or Summer Olympics? I think the one I had was Summer because it had gymnastics. So so you just do summer, Summer Olympics, do the track events and always pick Sonic? seems kind of unfair <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> never thought about that well, you pick sonic for the track you pick mario for the high jump i don't really see i would probably where the Lu- fun is in this i'd game. probably pick luigi for the high jump but that's just that's me. true he gets to float in the air <laughs> yeah. a little bit he, c- yeah. he kicks his legs princess for the long jump mm-hmm. toad for the shot put <laughs> yeah i don't know why probably that. probably donkey kong yeah. or koopa yeah, actually yeah you could pick Toad and Sonic for like a, a relay. Like yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, just just so our listeners get an idea, I looked up on my phone. Let's just say January 6th, which was what, 22 days ago, GameStop stock was $18 mm-hmm. a share. As okay. of today, it's $311 <laughs> a share. 
So this and two is months insane. ago, two months ago, it was $5 a share. Yeah. Yes, it was. There's and been a 17,000 or 1700% increase. People have legitimately made millions. There's this one guy on that. So, so I went for first, let it be known. I do own stock in several of these companies we're talking about. I have jumped in on this short squeeze. That's what it's called. Or am I squeezing short? No, you resist a long short, shorting the long short squeeze, whatever it is. So there's people who I've been to that subreddit and read a couple of the people. There's people who have made millions of dollars because they bought GameStop, you know, 10,000 shares of GameStop at five bucks four months ago. And now they're, they have in their portfolio, you know, millions of dollars because it's worth 300 bucks a share. But for everything that I'm saying that I've read is that they're not in it for the money at all. They're in it to, as a, big middle finger to wall street to say you can't take one of our favorite stores away from us you can't bet against our um you know our memories of this fun store that we used to go to as kids yeah it's uh just reading some figures too like i know i don't remember which head fund head hedge fund it was but one of the major ones had to take like a 3.5 billion dollar uh like money line to stay afloat and from the Mets owner. Yeah. And like recoup their loss. Yeah. How does and there, there's speculation even now it connects to baseball fans and Mets fans and how this is going to affect their ability to sign free agents. Um, the guy says it's not going to affect it at all, which is probably true, but it is just kind of funny that it's like, it's so crazy that it's even as you know, the, these baseball fans worry that like they won't, be able to sign a, a probably quasi bad free agent because the Mets are just not a good. The Mets. <laughs> Mets are going to do Mets stuff. So. so, so I missed out on this. Like I've I've been reading the articles, but I missed getting in early. Like three hundred dollars or two hundred, even one hundred per stock is too much for me. So I was trying to find like the next big one. So I went on Craigslist and I found a guy who's willing to sell me EB Games stock for <laughs> not that much. So I bought like couple thousand dollars of it so if you guys want to get in um i am gonna let you ride out on eb games uh you know you don't want to you don't want to i want in much. where's this guy i want to give him all my money <laughs> shut which, up and take my money which i don't is the same thing as electronics boutique or were they two different ones i can't remember anymore i think it was electronics boutique shortened to eb, EB games. games okay and there was also too. kb toys kb toys yeah no where it was confusing i think is there is also a different eb games that was like canadian and they did the same thing but, like, <laughs> but different company also, yeah they were a video game store also called eb games but they were just like a completely different company so was electronics boutique was not eb games i don't think so well i think they ended up becoming the same but i think at first they were not i remember that and that's why I, I didn't think so either but you might i think you're right pat they must have merged at some point but i remember it was like the title above the store at the mall was electronics boutique yeah and then there was eb games i used to go to toys r us for all my video games so see i guess i'm too i don't know about you guys but gamestop doesn't feel super nostalgic to me like you were saying but a lot of these guys are younger like millennials yeah. Like for me, nostalgia would be EB Games or Toys R Us to go get video games at usually. I went into GameStop a few times and just never got the feeling it was a good 
business <laughs> any oh. skin stop i went into what oh, is going on here you mean always empty <laughs> uh, always empty dust and weird smells on everything two workers one of them who in the don't want to help you at <laughs> all ever <laughs> just want to tell you about the most recent game that they're playing and they just want you to reserve the next game the, the display always there of the new system, but never turned on. Can't, and they, and they never have it in stock if you actually wanted to <laughs> <Yeah>. buy it. The <laughs> yeah. Wii's been out for six years. Yeah, we don't have any. <laughs> but we do have Mario Sonic at the Olympics. Yes. Or the Wii that you, you can't buy here. <laughs> and they also had action figures in the back, like import action figures that were like 80 bucks a piece. <laughs> don't buy that. <laughs> However, though, now if you saw some of those collection figures in those 80 bucks, I mean, I'd probably still be like, okay, I'll think about that. I'd think about it. I don't like, know. I'd actually just go on oh, Amazon and get it for 10. I, I almost, because we were discussing what our meat and potatoes would be today, and I wanted to talk action figures. Can we, can we do that another time? Because I got so many. Oh, definitely. Be that is on the list. All right, perfect. All right, speaking of that, actually, before we jump into the uh, meat and potatoes, it looks like we're someone's trying to call in. Hang on. Getting a call here. Let's see if it's going to come through. It's, it's Aragorn? Ar- Aragorn, is that you? Aragorn, we think you're muted. By nightfall, these hills will be swarming with orcs. Oh my God! Aragorn. Oh Son hey, Arthorn. Hey guys, how's it the going? Wilder of Nar still calling into our podcast. That's me. Yeah, we're having some technical issues here in Minas Tirith. <laughs> What's the watch? How did you figure out what what, what got you into Castbringers? Well, the dwarves put in Wi-Fi, so you know. I don't know. Things have been a little crazy for me lately. Um, Let's see. You know, for the past, oh, 100 years or so, I've been ruling, you know, here at Minas Tirith. Uh, Gondor? Well, yes, it's technically the capital of Gondor, yes. You may recognize it. I believe there are some films in your world. Uh, The Large White Castle, where Gandalf held the front and I battled out in the front of the building. Anyways, listen. Is, is guys, that the one with the with the deep and the big horn? Well, I think you might be talking about Helm's Deep. Yeah, yeah, that one. That one's that's a cool castle. Well, that's where my boy Gimli currently is. He's living down in the glittering caves beneath Minas, uh, beneath Helm's Deep. And uh, you know, you guys know Legolas. Are you, is you, are you the one who you have all those horses, right? Well, I think you're thinking of Rohan oh. and. Uh, you may you probably know King Theoden, son of Theodred. He, oh yeah. yeah, he was the yeah. ruler during the time of the War of the Ring. But that's, I mean, that's behind me. <laughs> you guys probably know this, being huge, uh, you know, nerds yourselves. But actually, dur- during the War of the Ring, I was approximately eighty-five years old. That's a fact we all knew. Yeah. And, oh yeah. You look. You looked good for eighty-five. Yeah, definitely not shocking. But, uh, you know, the war has been over and we've been ruling for about 100 years, myself and my wife, lovely wife, Arwen. You know, I mean, she's great. 
I love her. Don't get me wrong. But, um, you know, fellas, right? It's good to be on the show to talk just some guy time. It's hard oh, yeah. for me. It's you being a king and all. Like, I've heard it's good to be the king. It, it, like, you know? Yeah, I mean, listen, I've been ruling for 190, or excuse me, ruling for about 100 years. I am about 190 at this point. So that's a long life, especially for humans like yourselves. But listen. You're human. I mean, like us. Right, right. Because, of course, in this scenario, I am still in the world of the Lord of the Rings, as you know it. Yeah. Or from the books. There and Back Again by Bilbo Baggins. Yeah. In your world is The Hobbit, of course, as we all know. Yeah. Uh, You know, I'm so I'm 190 years old, but my wife, she's 2,800 years old. You want to talk about a lady who's set in her ways? Give me a break, fellas. (laughs) Am I right? She talks, you know, she knows how she wants the closets organized, if you know what I'm saying. She's been living life for a while. But Gimli put in some Wi-Fi and I've been getting the casts and it's really just given me a chance to have some guy time to myself. You know, I'll be up on the throne listening to some fool from Osgiliath talking about how they're having a border dispute. And I just pop the old earbuds in and I, I have a listen. And you guys were talking about swords the other day. Come on. Narsil. 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 Good sword. It's the good sword. Trust me, I'm a huge fan. It's my sword. (laughs) But, you know, uh, I've been a king for 100 years. There's packs of, uh, you know, orcs roaming nearby. Uh, Goblins are stealing stores. The the dragons made any any leeway. I know Smog was taken down pretty quick. Have there been any other? Well, not recently. As you know... uh, the War of the Rings was about a, a hundred years ago, and Smaug, you know, his his business was kind of happening a little bit before that. Uh, seems like ancient history to you and me, but, uh, you know, around here in my parts, that's pretty normal. And, uh, you know, we haven't heard from too many dragons uh, lately, but uh, as the king of men, you know, we kind of rule everything now, uh, hand in hand with the elves and the dwarves, of course. Uh, but, you know, we've always got our eyes on the lookout. But to be honest, Chris, I'm just more interested in dude now right now. Dude, dude it, now. It's been a it's long, some time, you long know? time coming. It's a hundred so. years on a throne. I'm a you huge got a good fan. cushion on that thing? Y- you know what? It's just gotten. Get the elves. Get you. Get Get it, get her to make you something. That's got yeah. you. Got to protect that backside. I know. You know. I was thinking if they can come up with something like Mithril, you know, something that wonderful, that type. But of, like, uh, but like soft, the soft version of Mithril. Yeah, soft Mithril. That's what I've been saying yeah. to Gimli for years now. Nothing. He's yeah. down in the glittering caves, as I said. Just he gets to hang out with all his bros. He's with Durin's folk down there. And they're just building caves and tunnels and dude making axes and letting Balrogs out. Exactly. Meanwhile, I'm just sitting on this throne up here in the White Tower, bored out of my mind. You know, it's just getting a little bit old. I mean this in the nicest way, but with with all the ruling of kingdoms of men, like you just look, you look tired, buddy. You look tired. I, I feel tired. And I guess that's just the wear and tear of 
you know, a rough and tumble youth growing up. You know, I lost my father to a, a pack of orcs. He was, he was hunting them down as a ranger. And uh, I, I was fortunate enough to be taken in by Lord Elrond, as of course you all know, this, the tale of Aragorn and Arwen. Goes, yeah, Did you say Elrond Hubbard? Like the Scientology guy? Oh boy. Uh, okay, no. so you have not read The Silmarillion, I'm taking it. No, I can't. No, it's I a heavy never. read. It's a yeah. heavy read, Chris. Let me summarize. Yeah, I was taken in by Elrond, and I lived in, uh, you know, the Elven Kingdom, which is at where I first met my wife about a hundred and, you know, seventy-five years ago. But boy, she still looks. So, good how old was she when you met her? Only she was just over two thousand years old then, right? Two hundred years ago, she's a spry twenty-six, twenty-five. I'd say. Yeah. Okay. Only if she's five three, if you know what I mean. Am I right? Guys? I don't know what you mean. Sir Mix a lot. Yeah, I've been getting into eighties rap recently. Nineties. Just rap. getting, just just getting to Middle Earth, huh? Well, you know, there's so much history in my world, and now with the internet, I'm just able to get into your guys' world. And boy, there were some good tunes in the nineties. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Baby. Baby got back. <laughs> sure. Have you yep. seen the new commercial with those guys? It's hilarious. <laughs> French Vanilla, Rocky Road. Yeah, that one. It's very good. I've been watching the NFL playoffs lately. But anyway, listen, I was just calling in to thank you guys. I'm a huge fan. I wish there was a way that I could, you know, be, become more of a castanet myself. Chris, do you know what a castanet actually is, by the way? It's people who listen to our podcast. I, well, yes. But that, that term was invented about, I'd say, I don't know, three weeks ago. Yeah. For you. Yeah, I know. Is it is it not a Mexican instrument? Some form of it's the one maybe that spins. I'm not sure. No, it's people who listen to our podcast. Well, yes, it's a homonym, right? Two meanings. Anyways, I'm a huge fan. Keep the content coming, fellas. And listen, if you ever want to do a pod about Lord of the Rings, you know who to call. Just give me a call. Let me know, and I'll be there. Hey, hey, can you uh? Say, say the castanets are feeling really down because the episode ended too early. What would you tell them? What would you tell them to do? What would you have us do to them? The episode ended early and maybe you had to vamp for a while because <laughs> someone calling in was late, perchance. Or early. But we were one. <laughs> one of them. Uh, what would I say to them? Hmm. You want some inspiration for the castanets? Is that what you're looking for? Yeah. <clears throat> we need some inspiration. By nightfall, these... Let me retake that. <laughs> Edit this in post, Randy. By nightfall, this pod will be crawling with castanets. Something like that. I like that. Oh, yeah. That's that was a, you got that clean, right, Randy? Very clean, yes. Good. We can put that in. We got a new bumper. And bumper. Oh, Aragorn. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. My pleasure as well. I got hey, if, if you behead an orc next time... Call in, let us know. We want to keep track of your uh, your adventures now. You know, you you say you're probably sick of hearing about taxes and border disputes. Get on the horse, range a little bit. You know, that's good advice. Hit, hit the hit the hit the wild. I Go am on. originally at my heart, at my core, I am a ranger, as you know. Strive. Maybe make it, maybe make it, make it, maybe make it back to the Shire. You know, those guys, those guys knew how to party. They loved ale and mead oh, and, yeah, and dancing. Did you know it comes in pints? Exactly. <laughs> the, we had a few nights at the Prancing Pony while we were waiting for Gandalf. 
yikes, those guys really got after it. And I tell you what, that's what I miss most is the camaraderie. You know, we had the fellowship. The fellowship sort of disintegrates. Boromir kind of goes against us all. I mean, that guy got his, am I right? But yeah. uh, I don't know. Yeah, kind of had it coming. It, I just feel a little left out because we went hunting in the second part of our journey, or as you may know, at the two towers, we went orc hunting to kind of slow them down. And I was hanging with Gimli and Legolas, just throwing down, nerding out, playing games. And, uh, you know, now it's just me and, uh, and my 2,800 year old wife, who is constantly on me, as I've said. So to be here with you guys is a real treat. And I just love the content. Uh, you know, one of my favorite things was recently hearing you guys pronounce Henry Cavill's name uh, five different ways in the in the second episode. That was a real treat for me. Henry Cavill. Well, that's six there. At C. Henry Cavill. Cavill. I think it's a Henry Subville. It's a soft C. I'm pretty <laughs> sure. Yeah, right before I called in, I actually Googled it, and the first thing that came up was the video of him saying it. So I'm glad that we haven't cleared it up yet. I can't wait till we all try to pronounce the Smilurodon after this when we talk about Oh, the Smilurodon. I'm pretty sure I'm saying that wrong, too. I, I grazed it. I didn't, I didn't really dig in. <laughs> I mean, you, you didn't have to dig it. You lived it. You don't have to read it. Well, Chris, the Silmarillion actually goes back many, many years before my time. Before well, I mean, my your wife time. lived it, then. She probably tells you all about Good it. Good chunk of it. A lot of elven history in there, from what I've, you know, Wikipedia, Cliff's Notes, whatnot. Anywho, it was great checking in with you guys. And if you ever need me, give me a call. You need a goblin head. You need a new sword. Elven Forged, mm. the best. Ooh, I'm in for that. Hey, no one mentioned Sting the other day. The terrible like mentioned Did someone mention it? Sting and we might know about it at least. It blows when yeah. orcs are near. Yeah. yeah. Bitter and biter. Bilbo and Frodo, I believe, carried that. No, maybe. I think so. Yeah, Anyways. it was Bilbo. And Gandalf had the other one. Well, there's a hearing about uh, you know, some goings on down in Lothlorien. There's apparently, you know, border disputes come up a bit in this in my time in my world so it's mostly border disputes really and i just i pick a winner i don't even really listen i I'm busy what you got to do is you cut the border in half and then whoever wants the border and is okay with cutting the border in half and then the other person says don't cut it in half give the border to them that that'll solve it that actually happens most times Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's a great suggestion yeah I read a book about a king once. So the podcast is over already, or am I just jumping in? You're just jumping in. We haven't even gotten to the meat and potatoes. <laughs> Boil them up, mash them, put them in a stew, Samwise. He's always saying that. <laughs> Aragorn, always ready. He was really into Frodo, right? Am I? Is that weird? Not, not at all. He okay. really liked Frodo, it seems like. There's like a, a merry bunch of hobbits. It's just an odd relationship, you know? He calls him Master Frodo, Mr. Frodo, my Frodo. I don't know. You traveled with him for quite a bit. Did you ever get any weird vibes? Ooh, I'm going to plead the fifth one on this one, fellas, okay? <laughs> to borrow a term from your government. You know, I, I'll, let, I'll leave that to Frodo and Sam to discuss. God rest their souls. I think they're probably dead. <laughs> Some of them fall into, uh, fall into the 
Well, the Shire, if you remember from the Lord of the Rings books, the Shire was quite a mess when they got back. I believe maybe it's hazy because it's a hundred years ago, but I think Saruman somehow was like in Wormtongue, right? Didn't they end up there? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It seemed it was like end the movie or the book already. Am I right? Of my life, of course. Yeah, yeah. You're it's a, you're kind of like your biography. Yes, of course. In your world, the movie, right? Yeah. Also, can we talk quick just about a, a great like comedy spinoff, Sauron and Wormtongue? Just kind of like a like an odd couple esque sitcom. I think that could that could go places. It seems like just kind of an odd pairing. That would be Wormtongue. <laughs> Oh, worm tongues here now, or is that? No, I'm still Saruman. Yelling at worm tongue. I'm sort of having flashbacks. I I knew worm tongue. Boy, I I looked twice when I heard that voice. See, see, you thought it was me. You thought it was Saruman. Chris, we've never actually met before, as I am a fictional character who lives in a world of elves and dwarves, but. Are you known as some sort of impression specialist in that your world? Kind of like, I wouldn't say I'm known for it, but I guess I would say I'm known for it. Because that's the closest to Grima Wormtongue I've ever heard in my days. No, no, that was Saruman. I was Saruman talking right. to Wormtongue. Through, correct. I mean, those guys actually sound quite a bit alike. Through the Palantir. Which or, is, you as a we know, distortion. the bowling ball that yeah. you can see into. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, that's, there's only two of them left. I get all the references. I, you know, I don't have to look this stuff up. Well, as you they're say not it. references because they're it's you. Just they're just things. It's real life for me. Yeah. Okay, that wraps it up for me. I think. <laughs> well, Aragorn. Unless you want me to hang, guys, I got nothing to do. Do you want to talk about some uh, some loot boxes with us in video games? I'll listen in. Nice. Please give us your thoughts. Meanwhile, what guys, what do we think it's time for right now? Meat and potatoes. Meat potatoes. It is. It is time for the meat and, and the potatoes. Right, the meat and potatoes. Today's meat and potatoes topic is gotcha games, loot boxes, battle passes, the whole monetization of the video games. What's going on with it? First of all, guys, I want to get your experiences with it. What uh, you know, what games have you played that have had kind of this thing going on? What are your thoughts on it, Chris? What do you think? I've played, had experience with all of them. I can say I have purchased. One at least one example of all of them. Um, the gotcha games big on big on mobile mobile gaming. That's a huge way, especially when mobile games are first exploding. That they were getting you was with those randomized. Don't even know what you're gonna get. Buy ten. There's a point zero zero four percent chance that you get the one you want, and you you never get him but you have to spend a hundred dollars each chance to try to get them. Um, that, yeah, I don't, don't like the gotcha games. Gotcha. See what I Got, no, it's yeah. gotcha, not gotcha. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. There's no key. 
what are your what are your experiences with the games? I don't have much. Um, the games that I've played that have the loot boxes, I usually never buy. Um, and then when I do the mobile games, I'll usually just either download the free version or buy a version, but not re-up on them unless they're awesome. Um, I think the first time I really heard most about it, was it Star Wars, the EA? I know EA is infamous for doing this type of thing. Yep. Um, and, uh, you know, like I, I got into, um, what was the name? It began with a D, the game that we all played this summer a little bit. It was like a monster. Uh, Dauntless. Dauntless, yeah. And oh, that's yep. where I was very close to buying into that because you can upgrade a lot easier if you buy yeah, into that was, it. They had the battle pass there. Mm-hmm. So whatever their version of it is yeah. called. Yeah. So, so the idea, the general idea is that you get the game for free and then you get into the game and then you love the game and then you end up buying so that you can upgrade faster or get different mm-hmm. things upgraded. Destiny was also, I actually, Destiny might've been my first occurrence with that, but yeah, I'm, I'm not a big fan either. What do you think? Yeah. Likewise, it's a, it's kind of like a feel bad type of system right now and again i think it's important too to to look at them a little different at least that's how i kind of look at them so right like the gotcha games or the loot boxes um you know again that's just it's all based on chance i've talked before about on the show i'm a i'm a big hearthstone player that essentially that whole game is kind of you know constructed around loot boxes so to speak you're you're opening digital cards but see i think card card packs are inherently different yeah exactly and that was going to be my next point was uh that game feels a little less bad because right even though it's digital it's the same as if you were to play say magic or uh or a real life trading card game right where it's that's like kind of the inherent structure of the game is that random pack opening where you're getting random cards and stuff um that being said though you know i've also had experiences uh with some other video games randy like you said ea um, is big into especially now in the Madden franchise and in the FIFA franchise with Ultimate Team. That's that's one I think that's a, a prime example of just like the um, really negative kind of impact that that can have on games. Um, can you explain how that works quickly? I don't. I'm not familiar with. Ultimate yeah, yeah. Team. So so for basically what Madden and FIFA have done is they've made like a you can kind of customize your own fantasy team, right? But the only way you can make your fantasy team is if you buy card packs and get these certain cards for the players that you want on your team. And then, of course, there's no easy way to earn the card, the card packs in the game. You can get a little bit of the currency and get a couple packs, but the other trick that they throw in there is they have, like, three different versions of each player. So, say, for example, uh, Tom Brady, right? You want a Tom Brady as your quarterback. They might have, like, a bronze version of Tom Brady who's only, like, a 70 overall, and that might be a more common one to get. And then you have these kind of higher tier Tom Brady's that are harder and harder to get to the in, point you really can't get it without putting money into it. Yeah, in, the, in those games too, with do those cards expire? Like, can you only use them a certain amount of times? Yeah, so that that's kind of one of the other like predatory practices they do. Yeah, is they they uh, simulate it by putting it under contracts. So once the contract expires, you lose the card. Now you can earn other cards to like re up the contract. So if you have a card that you really like or want to keep, you got to like keep doing that. But again, that's just another way where they can kind of funnel you into spending some more money to make sure you either have the high tier card that you want, or you have these contract cards to, you know, keep up re-upping the, the card so you don't lose out on it. Um, and so, yeah, like we were saying, like that's a, you know, it's a pretty not great feeling to try to 
put some time into that game only to like realize, oh, I actually have to pay even more money on top mm-hmm. of, especially in a game like that where, you know, a Madden game where you've already spent 50 to 60 bucks, yeah. buy it and, and play it. It's, it, you know, not great. Um, I think the thing that kills me about kind of similar to that is about the, these gotcha, the mobile games especially are notorious for, you know, you spend a hundred dollars to have a chance to get the sword or the character or whatever that you want. You're you're not even guaranteed to get it, but for like a hundred bucks, you could go, you could buy a third of a share of GameStop for that, you know. <laughs> and, but, and and you, I, but, go ahead, but, Andy. I, no, I was just gonna say, and I think another thing is we're thinking of from our point of view. It's aimed at kids. I mean, this is 100% aimed at kids. And, you know, you've heard the story you read online, the kid who had access to, you know, credit card from his parents, or they didn't realize that it was connected to their card on their phone, and they end up spending thousands of dollars, like, upgrading, especially on the phone games, like even Candy Crush. Like, you're just dumping money into it. Um, So... Yeah, it's tough. You know, it's tough. And and I definitely totally understand, especially like, Pat, you related it to buying cards. You know, as a kid, I bought magic cards. I was huge into magic and that feeling of opening a pack, not knowing what cards you get. That's one of the best parts of it. So they're just, you know, taking that feeling and putting it digitally, essentially. Yeah, it's um, I totally lost what I was going to say. Never mind. Someone else go. Aragorn. Yeah. Listen, I don't. These games sound fun. I just wrote down a few of the games I used to play growing up. I was wondering if you guys recognize any of these games real quick. Uh, Climb the Steps. You guys know that game? Climb Up Steps? Yep. Where I I live is several, several mountains high, and it's just all steps. So that, that was a fun game we used to play. Elvish Chess. Explain a little bit about Elvish. It's just chess. It's just chess, but it's the guys are elves. Okay, no elves. They always have to be the center. Months long hike. That was a game (laughs) we used to play. Got the goblin. Ooh, that that was more when you were a teenager. Cut the rope, the like mobile game. Uh, sounds similar. Yeah, okay. cut the rope if someone's climbing up behind you with a giant sword, something like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Ride horse fast for extremely unlikely distances. Okay. Straight. And uh, actually, I just got into Snood. You guys know Snood? <laughs> yeah, so those are, you know, those are some games I like. I, I threw a more recent one in there because we got the Wi-Fi now. Pat, did that help you uh, remember what you were talking about? It, it- it did a lot. Actually, it didn't at all. Um, I did want to move into discussion of battle passes because I feel like, oh, actually, it did re- help me remember what I what I wanted to say. It was kind of like a weird side effect with some of the gotcha games, mobile games. And as they became more prevalent, I feel like other games that didn't have them before started to incorporate some of those practices. Like I feel like I remember candy crush or a very like maybe it wasn't exactly candy crush but another game very similar to it like didn't have any of these kind of monetization features in it and then all of a sudden like you saw like like you could only take x amount of turns before you had to like re-up and wait or buy uh and, and and around the same time that these other practices were becoming more popular so then all of a sudden you have these things kind of like invading 
regular mobile games to kind of make them into these little more like predatory monetized things that is not fun and like not cool do you guys have like do you remember that at all i don't know i don't know if i'm remembering that right or if i'm i think like like bejeweled kind of like turned into i didn't really play bejeweled but yeah i think you're once they saw another game succeeding with this certain type of monetization they would adopt it but they usually adopted it wrong and like take it to the next level and make it even worse like i'm thinking of it thinking of that like battle passes where as far as i know fortnite was the one who made battle passes big i don't know if there were games before that who had that type of system Mm -hmm. um but now you get battle pass that concept or that system in just about every game especially the free-to-play games or the the games that are cheap um out there you know rocket league's got them uh the new avengers games got them the the big thing is that consoles console games that you've already paid 50 60 80 bucks for are putting in these other monetization schemes yeah i think it it, there's a couple things with that too right like i think it depends on like you said if you've already paid money for a game um, or if it's like a free-to-play game um, you know, I think that makes a big difference. I also think it depends on how they've done the, the battle pass. I don't personally think battle passes, I think they're the less, the lesser of kind of like the two evils in this. I agree with that. Uh, typically, again, when a battle pass is done right, it's usually just purely cosmetic stuff. It's stuff you do not need. Maybe um, like bonus potions or something that you could, you're going to get anyways, you don't really need, but. Exactly. And, and or it's just changing how your character looks or how. Mm-hmm how the weapon that you're using looks, which is totally fine. And it's cool to have that stuff, but at the same time, it doesn't affect your ability to play the game at all. And I think that's probably the biggest line of demarcation, right? Is if it um, affects your ability to succeed in the game, then it just- Did you say demarcation or demonetization? Yep, Uh, I said demarcation. But we also would like some demonetization in the demarcation of what's going on. So this kind of, flows into what do you guys think about dlcs paid dlcs versus because some games will do free ones some games will do paid ones um because because right away you'd say ah you know i i don't know i i don't want to pay but like some of the dlcs are like an extra game which is kind of cool so so aragorn can i can i explain to you what the dlc means (laughs) yeah i'm getting excited here fellas so so you know you used to play you used to play climb the stairs Great at it. Yep. Yeah. So, so you made it to, so imagine you're playing climb the stairs and you get to the top of the stairs. Oh yeah. You're at the top. You won. You can buy more stairs. Yeah. And then the dwarves build more stairs for you and you, but you got to pay more money to climb those stairs. I'm in, I love stairs as you know. So I think that sounds great, but yeah, you guys were kind of starting to talk about battles and holding swords and things like that. That, now we're talking my language, as you know. So would you pay? So you got Narsil, right? Of course. And this is a good-looking sword. Great sword. It's well-weighted, sharp. You know, cuts through orcs like butter. We have butter in my world. Yes, I get the reference. <laughs> okay, you got butter. Good, making sure. Now, would you? Would you give me like five gold pieces if I could make Narsil look different, like cool? Like maybe it would glow a little. 
Back in my early years when I was about 90, probably not, because I would have thought that was a little bit too much flair. But now that I'm a little bit older uh, and I'm beyond my fighting years, I would definitely be down to bling out Narsal a little bit. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe maybe throw on my favorite snood character on the handle, on the hilt. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, or like you've got your mithril suit of armor, you know, of it course. does well. You've had it for a while. Have you ever thought about what you would look like in battle with maybe like a top hat? Do you have top hats? It's crossed my mind, <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. You know, now that I have the internet, uh, things have really changed for me. It's it's really opened up my eyes, a lot of perspective on things. But yeah, I could definitely see spending some of my hard mind gold on some upgrades to my... So, so here's another version. So that's like the, like the battle pass system that we're talking about. But now imagine, let's look at like loot boxes. So you know how you've like gone into dungeons and you found like treasure chests yes of like, course opening the treasure chest is pretty cool right it's exciting yeah so now but imagine if you go into a dungeon and you you know fight everything and you kill all the things and you get the treasure chest except instead of one there's five okay sounds yep. cool more than one yeah Very good. <laughs> but there's no treasure in any of them that seems bad yeah but they cost did they cost me money yeah you gotta pay like 10 gold pieces to go into the dungeon to find yes. out there's no treasure in anything. to find out there's a chance there might be treasure i don't know i never looked in these chests but you want to go check for me give me 10 gold yeah that no thank you i guess would be the response i'd rather just be but there in might be treasure of, that's true but i'd as, as someone who is extremely skilled in the killing of orcs and goblins i, I would rather just seek my own treasure if it were but there's treasure there might be treasure in those boxes <laughs> would you like me to just say yes i like this idea no this is how it works they they just constantly bug you you're the game treasure. <laughs> hey, there might be treasure and then i go fine i'll buy them <laughs> yes just to get them off your back and there's no treasure <laughs> yeah. so loot boxes guys not good battle passes Slightly better. Kind DLC. Kind of where I can we live with that. Yeah, I can live with that. Yeah, the DLCs. I think it's you know it depends on the game. Some of the games that are really good, I think, are like Spider-Man had a really good DLC. Uh, Witcher Three was a really good DLC. You know, those Horizon are games, Zero Dawn. They had a great DLC. Exactly. Those are games that we really enjoyed playing it, and you know, you get a little bit extra. Yeah, maybe you'll you'll try it out. Um, I personally am not typically one to buy the DLCs more just because. Usually at that point, after I've beaten the game, I kind of just not feeling like going back to it. Um, not not that I'm burnt out on it, but I just want to. Usually, there's a new game out, and I want to move on to the you know the new shiny. Uh, I'm kind of the opposite end of that because I'm always late to games, so I end up just buying the whole game with the DLC when it yeah. like three years after it's already been big. And I and usually that's, that's I, the other thing I think is trying to write if you can if there's other games you can distract yourself with and wait it out by the like collector's edition or whatever that comes with everything and you can just do it all at once i usually skip the game and just buy the dlc and then have no <laughs> idea what's going on in the game what actually what i've noticed i've been doing more just by accident really is i buy the game so long after they come out that they come with all the downloaded content <laughs> already like spider-man came with all of it um i was just playing shark pg i don't know if you guys know about shark rpg it's uh free on the ps plus store and uh that 
game sucks, so don't play it. But it has gonna be your oh, it sucks. You're pretty oh, much yeah. you're pretty much just a shark swimming around eating people. And I'll yeah, probably play the whole thing and try to beat it. <laughs> Jaws, you you're gonna have to end the show early tonight, folks. We'll uh we'll be back. You gotta play the shark PG. It's it, that's what they call it on the website. I didn't make that one up, but they uh and then Star Wars Fallen Empire or whatever one I'm playing right now had all the downloaded content in it. Too, oh yeah, so. yeah. That's pretty cool. If you buy it long enough after it comes out, you're good. Awesome. All right. So yeah, we kinda we kinda have come to uh somewhat of a conclusion, right? Gotcha games, loot boxes, not good. Battle passes, kinda okay. DLCs probably the most comfortable with. Usually those are cool, decent games and we don't mind playing a little bit more of them, right? Yep. Awesome. Awesome. All right, guys, we're we're at the end here. Let's get some recommendations. What are, what are we nerding out on? What what should what should our listeners nerd out on in the future? So I don't know if I mentioned this. I've been playing this game Shark PG. It's <laughs> pretty nuts. It's awesome. You're a shark. Uh, you swim around and you eat everything. You start with humans. I thought I'd have to work my way up to humans, but you pretty much start with humans. Um, so that's what I'm nerding out on. Uh, and I watched Wonder Woman and. I'm going to save that rant for another podcast, but uh, watched it in two sittings, the first half and the second half. And um, besides those two things, I'm still, oh, big news, guys. I am working through Morningstar. Love it. Listening on Hoopla, because obviously it's the same as reading the book. So I've been listening on my way to work. We've established that fact. Yep, and on the way home from work, but... I already, I already started it a long time ago, so I remember the beginning of the book, so I can't wait to get to the part that I haven't gotten to yet. Nice. Chris, how about you? What are your recs? Uh, like I said at the beginning, Letter Kenny, my other recommendation for our listeners is The Expanse on Amazon Prime. Good sci-fi, battle between Earth, Mars, and the asteroid belt. Uh, get into it. It's, I think it came out when there was really a dearth of sci-fi stuff happening, you know, content being created and uh, this definitely fills the void. So check it out. The expanse. Love it. Uh, I, I can't believe I'm going to do this. Aragorn, uh, do you have any recommendations for kind of sci-fi nerd stuff? Listen, uh, there's a lot of tomes and old volumes from my world that I could pass on to you guys, but I think for the castanets, I'm going to keep it in your world. And as a listener, I have been turned on to that Hoopla app that you guys mentioned. And I recently downloaded, well, I'm streaming, I guess, uh, a book. It is the opposite of sort of that Red Rising series you guys talk about, because that's futuristic, I believe. The book that I'm listening to jumps back about 200 or so years into your past into a fictional world. It's called Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell, and it is about magic in 1800s England. And it is pretty dry, a slow start, but I'm really into it now. So I, it's really been a lot of fun listening to it. It's a tale of, well, it's magic in 1800s England. I'll just leave it at that. If you're into that, you would love this. And if you're into the books that I'm in, you probably are into that crap too. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Aragorn. Uh, and yeah, my recommendation is because we're brothers, the same as Chris's, The Expanse. I love it. It's, uh, and actually, 
a contender for one of the articles I wanted to bring for Multistrike, but I kind of left it out. Uh, was talking about how the expanse has some of the most realistic physics of like in space in like a science fiction show and so that's like one thing that a lot of people praise it on uh, it's great it's a great show um so yeah can't can't emphasize it enough cast the nets check out the expanse randy uh just throw out two more things quickly i'm wa- i'm also watching um uh lovecraft country which you you pretty much have to be a nerd to watch this one um, so I totally recommend it. And going to what Aragorn, son of Arathorn, said earlier um, about Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell, I ran into that book, which I haven't read yet, but I want to because this other book that the author Susanna Clark wrote called Piranesi has gotten really good reviews, and that just came out this year. So I've got that on hold at the library. So I'd like to read that and Jonathan Strange, which I think is a TV show too, maybe on that- Netflix. That's actually what I was going to just say. Uh, I did find out it was it was on BBC One. So I haven't found where you can stream it yet, but you can definitely pay for it. Is the um, bandwidth big enough in, in Minas Tirith? It goes, it goes in and out. You know, next door we've got Mordor, Chris, which is, it's 90% mountains and it's built on lava, basically. So mm. there is a lot of strange electromagnetic energy coming out of there. So the signal's hit and miss, but most days on a clear day, we can stream. Good. That's good. Good to know. Yeah. I mean, kind of a bummer that you get that kind of intermittent signal. Sorry, you can't binge watch Cobra Kai like I did. <laughs> yeah, that's right. King of men can't even stream things every day. It's pretty, it, you know. It, 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 you have access to cast bringers. That's that's what you need. We'll that's get you through one. it in yeah. the low times. That Air downloads one. overnight. I've got sword. it with me all day. Yeah. Do you um, listen on a on? What do you listen on? You got iPod. You got a. IPod, no, your you first Zoom? your first instinct was correct. I have a Zoom. That's the brown one, right? <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Perfect. All right, everybody. That's going to about wrap it up for the cast bringers. Before we go. We want to give you your random D&D character of the week today. Your character's name is Garut. Garut. I am Garut. No, Garut. <laughs> Garut? Garut. It's two R's. Garut. Garut. He is a lizard folk artificer. I've heard good things about the artificers. I've heard good things about artificers. Lizard folk artificer with an urchin background. He's male, and I think it makes him... Would that be chaotic good? Our urchin background to me would imply definitely good. I would think chaotic. He's like a lizard folk. I always kind of think those guys are kind of But he's an artificer. Artificer, would that be? Chaotic neutral? He's not lawful. Lawful. Lawful good. Gotta be neutral, neutral. Gotta be neutral, neutral. Neutral, neutral. Neutral, neutral. What's this segment going to be like after we play Dungeons and Dragons for the first time? Are we going to actually know? We're going to what the... explain all of the <laughs> all this stuff. What it means? Good neutral evil combination. <laughs> yeah. Critical hit. <laughs> all right, oh, we're promoting promoting another podcast during our. It podcast. is a good podcast. You want to I love about D and D? Listen to Critical <laughs> Hit by Major Spoilers Crew. Is all that D and D fans out there? Get out there level up your route and until next week we will see you guys later hey randy knock knock who's there r2 
R who? That's R two D two beep boop. I ruined it. Casper's. <laughs>